1: is an outrage. Broadcasting live
0: from the KVEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you
1: talking about?
0: It's It's time for Mortgage Matters.
2: Matters. All right, everybody. Welcome to Mortgage Matters. It's a great show today. Well, it's always a great show. It's going to be a great show. I'm pretty excited about today's topic. Uh, Likewise, I'm excited to have Mike Points in the studio this morning with me.
3: Good morning, San Luis Obispo.
2: And Mike's, yeah, and everybody else listening from afar. <laughs> I downloaded when I missed the show a couple weeks ago. I was trying to, I was trying to determine. <laughs> well, I was out of town, you know. No. It's poor communication. Yeah, I was, at, I was trying to download the app so that I could get all tuned in.
1: Works just, pretty good. Just so you know, Jason, us in radio, we don't communicate. We're in the communications business, but <laughs> Poor communication. I, I would have no idea what's going on down the hall at KZOZ right now. Yeah. Okay. I hear you.
3: <laughs> so anyway, yeah, you can get us on your app. So you can download that. an app to your smartphone,
2: stream the show directly there. That then, then it's digital. Yeah. That's the high tech stuff. So you don't get any of that fuzz, you yeah. know, the when you're AM radio, you drive under the overpass. <laughs> and
3: then you're yeah. back. The other day, I was listening to a show, speaking of downloading old shows, I was listening to a show when we had Mike Turnquist on the air um, earlier this year, back in the old studio, Jim. And okay. uh, and he came on, told us a st- uh, crazy story about a uh, real estate transaction he had. Uh, since Mike's been on the show, we've done probably three or four other deals together, and um, we'd love to have him back on the show. He's, he's a big advocate for uh, veterans here in the county. Yeah. And um, it was just neat to be able to hear what we talked about then versus what's going on now. I think you were here with Dan, weren't you? That one was Jay. Yeah, uh, that one was Jay. Oh, yeah, okay. Was Jay. Yeah, okay. Uh, we had we had some appraise. Yeah. Mm. So uh, just the mm. clarity of it was was kind of cool. And we have them. Um, how far back do we go, Jay? Do we have like a library of mortgage matters I think matters we have all now. of them. Yeah. yeah. I think we have all of them. Yeah.
1: I have, I have like the last six to eight months here. But I just but I think
3: you guys have them all on your website. Yeah. I think Mm -hmm. it's important to mention that my predictions at the end of last Mm -hmm. year are pretty much on point. Are they? With regards to the rates. The you guys the Federal Reserve raising rates. You
2: and Dan did that job that final show without me, and you guys made your prediction. So I wasn't here. Yeah. Probably probably a good thing because any prediction I've ever made, um, you know, Either way off on the time frame or way off on the on the actual number itself. So I would have been wrong anyway. Well, but said, what did you say? I you said, said no rate hikes. I all said year. right
3: out the gate they would pass pass. So quarter one, quarter two pass. Typically, because there's all types of let's call it you know, um, slowdown. In the economy, and I didn't have any idea that something like Brexit was going to happen, but that gave me a nice pass right into the third quarter here. Uh But I did say that they were going to raise rates in the second half of the year and that they might even do it twice. And so... Ooh, so you really need one this week. I got it. You really need one this week. I mean, for that, for prediction's sake, yes. Uh So... Variable interest rates, no.
2: To be clear, the feds are meeting this week. To be clear. And one of the things on the plate among others is decide whether or not they're going to hike rates this time. And of course, Mike, now you need one. You said two. you need one. You right. really need one. And you know, uh, you know what the, the current chances of a fed rate hike this week
3: for the September meeting, it's probably like 17.333 repeating or something. I was closer than I thought
2: you'd get last red I saw at the end of this week was fifteen percent, yeah, so you're the underdog now, yeah, 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 you're the underdog and but you know what I mean, you've been right so far, so perhaps it's you,
3: maybe we'll just maybe the feds what, are just following your advice. what happens if we you know they're definitely not gonna are they even gonna meet during election time um no,
2: the next yeah, the meet next December. meeting is in
3: December, right. Oh, that'll be a lot to process then. Yeah. And I'll be in, I'll be in DC the first week of October 13th.
2: Are you going to be picketing and rioting?
3: Um, actually I'll probably be exploring and drinking fancy cocktails is the plan right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I went to DC. Okay. To our nation's
2: capital. (laughs) <laughs> this is a, a little well, forest gum nod for you good. yeah um and i did i, sh- I love that that's good <laughs> i stood on the steps of the lincoln oh, monument man. and um, like you said you had to be. <laughs> i i loved it i thought it was fantastic yeah uh, and the one thing i do differently and may- maybe you've been before i'm not talking to you as though you're a first timer but you need more <laughs> time than you've budgeted for concur. the Smithsonian. Yeah. <laughs> if you do.
3: If there's not enough time on this radio show for me to talk about um my mother-in-law and how much I love her and how she plans. But mm-hmm. we met two weeks ago at the house, which, which started off as just like a visit, ended in like a business meeting of what we're gonna do over nine days. Wow. Well, and there's just not enough time. Yeah, yeah there's not enough.
2: And you need you need you're gonna have to pick a couple pieces of the Smithsonian that you're interested in doing and then like, do one a day. So you're only going to get
3: to do, like, one yeah. or two. Yeah, I've been, everyone's got their input. The Native American exhibit is supposed to be out of this world, but. Air and space is
2: great. Air and space.
1: Uh, that's what I would have. Yeah.
2: That, was, that yeah. was one of the ones I picked, because I, mm-hmm. too, I thought it was one of those things, like, you know, if I was going, to, if I was planning a trip to Disneyland, mm-hmm. I was like, I could do that in a day. Yeah. You could do, I, could, I can get my fill of Disneyland yeah. in 10 Business hours, right? But then they throw the right. curveball in. Now
3: there's like alcohol involved at Disneyland. Well, yeah.
2: Oh, California man. Disney. Still, yeah. I kind of thought going in totally blind. I thought that's how the Smithsonian was going to be for me. Like I could, mm. oh, no. well, kind of walk no through way. and check it out. You will yeah. get so stuck, yeah. and next thing you know, you've burned six, seven, eight hours in one wing, and you're going, man. Mm. We, if only I had known. So that's so my you, advice when we you set go aside two to days. Washington D.C. You need. There's obviously a lot of things you need to see.
1: Um, Speaking of, can the most ha- most famous home here in the United States? Yeah. Can you still visit the White House with all the terrorist stuff?
3: You have to put in. So here's the protocol: mm. you have to go here's through your lottery. senator. And the senator's office, uh, your local senator or assemblyman puts in a request for you. Mm -hmm. You have to give, much like a loan app, your name, your social security number, and who you are, where you live. Mm -hmm. And then you go into, like Jason said, a lottery. But, you know, the odds are if you get in far enough, like we've submitted it four months ago, you'll get an appointment. We have not gotten word when our appointment is, but they said it's highly likely that we'll have one and we'll hear in the next two weeks, which is kind of like... We should probably, I didn't go, we should plan on doing something else. I went, I went to the front fence, kind of peered in like everyone else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it's good that we're bringing up DC because, you know, we've got some guests today from the city of San Luis Obispo, city of San Luis Obispo that want to talk about some of our rights as property owners, private property rights, private
2: property rights. We're gonna get into this. I mean, what we've basically we're gonna have them on from 9 30 to 11. It's gonna right? be a
3: hot show. It's gonna be the whole show.
2: Um many of you guys have heard about this already. San Luis Obispo's recently adopted a new ordinance that um, puts into place some. I'm I wanna be real neutral on this. I'm undecided. We are I'm gonna be, I'm undecided. I might even be devil's advocate today and wanna argue on behalf of um, I don't know. I might, the city. I'm, I'm going to be a wild card today. Uh, but yeah, anyways, there's some new rental ordinances that have to do with uh, if you have rental property in the city of San Luis, you now have some new rules to comply with in terms of the condition of your rental property, uh, participating in a program of inspections, mandatory inspections, right. and additional fees. Um, it's not a far leap. I feel like lately... Um seems like a lot of the uh rights, property rights, civil liberties, a lot of these things are hot topics lately. Where we seem to be at another fork in the road of um you know, where's the line? How much is too much? What uh, do we need? Yeah. How do we protect ourselves without giving up individual freedoms and rights? Um, there's a lot that goes in this is a really complicated thing. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we're having a, a couple of w- folks on that want to talk about
3: that. A wise man once said that law is a reflection of society. I um, never said that. Yeah. Uh, the same man also <laughs> said, take the cookies when they're passed. Oh. And what, so we'll have Dan Carpenter on today. He's running for um, the third district supervisor, currently a city councilman, has been since 2010. Repeat guest, Mr. Dan Knight, a local contractor, general contractor, and an attorney at law, And the only man I've ever taken to lunch that had two lunches right in front of me, ordered both of them and didn't share one of them. So you certainly Um, owe me lunch, Dan. I was at that
2: lunch. I was at said lunch. And we were talking about home moving because Dan also has some. um, Yes. I mean, he looks strong enough to lift and move a home without tools. But uh, he's, he does home moving. I wonder how much we'll get into that stuff today. Uh, I, I suspect, too, that we're probably going to end up with a fair amount of phone calls on account of yes. this is a contentious topic uh, with lots of interest. Um, and it seems if you're uh, everybody's got a dog in this fight, I want to suggest. Yep. Everybody. Everybody. Because you either for property rights or against them you're either a property owner or a tenant. Mm-hmm. I mean or you know one? <laughs> you want to be one? <laughs> Somewhere on the spectrum you'll fall. Right. And so um it'll it'll definitely be a great conversation. I'm excited to to have those guys on. Um is it? They'll be on at 9:30. Yeah, and it's Dan and Dan. Dan and Dan. Two Dan's. I ought to be able to remember that. I, that's great. I'm used to doing this show with a Dan, so since well, I'm Dan missing my Dan. this weekend, yeah. yeah. That would be
3: interesting, it was Dan, Dan, and Dan.
2: That would have been wild. Wow. Reminds like our... <laughs> what reminds me of that. What was that show when I was a kid? I was young, but it was the guy had a brother, Daryl, and his other brother, Daryl. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um... <laughs> Bill Newman was on it or yeah, something. Yeah. New Heart Show?
3: I don't know. I think so, yeah. Not sure what so. you were watching as a yeah, kid. Daryl, yeah, Daryl, mm-hmm. this is a good show. It really was. It sounds like it was great. You don't even remember name my name? Daryl. This
2: is my other brother. No, Darryl. it was. Yeah. I was. I was. I mean, I was born in the late seventies. I was at the tail end of this. Like I, I wasn't the right demographic. I think I was watching it with my grandma. Yeah. Um. All right. So there's a little bit of stuff that we could talk about. Kind of getting there. Probably. Yeah. Um. As we, you know, generally what we like to do is have some uh, economic updates, these kind of things, kind of give you an idea of what's going on. Um, In the headlines this week, I mean, we had oil. Oil ran off a little bit, which caused a little dip in the Dow. Uh, We had the 10-year bond yield is up to Mm -hmm. Mm 1.7, which has taken mortgage interest rates for a ride. Um, Up and down. Choppy, choppy. Uh, I saw a headline this week. I got to admit I didn't click in and read the whole thing. But effectively suggesting that um, there's a fear measurement within Wall Street that suggests that um, there's just so much uncertainty and things right now that you should expect volatility in the markets to be the new norm. Some up days, some down days, um, and mixing those days back to back. Yesterday at the close of the market, the the Dow Jones Industrial Average closed at eighteen thousand one hundred twenty-three. So we're still over the uh, eighteen thousand mark, but we were we were kind of well over it for a little bit. Market closed down eighty-eight, almost eighty-nine points yesterday, and the ten-year closed at one point seven. Mm -hmm. always like to track the 10-year and remind people that, um, well, for a long time, for years, pre-Dodd-Frank, we used to be able to say that you could figure out what the 30-year fixed mortgage is if you took the 10-year bond yield and (laughs) added 1.5% to it. So the 10-year bond yield was two, take a percent and a half on top of that, you're looking at 3.5% for a 30-year fixed. That was always a real good rule of thumb. Um, Since Dodd-Frank happened, I believe that metric is pushed out to 2%. Um, And and it has to do with all of the complexities of that, but just I think ultimately increased compliant costs, increased guarantee fees, different things that have gone on to push those rates up. And so now still tracking that 10-year, it's it's a safe bet usually to say take the 10-year bond yield, um, which is currently 1.7%, add two points to it, Suggesting that the that the thirty year fixed rate should be then close to three point seven. So, um, right, and that's and up a little bit. We spent a few months of that being in the range of one point five to one point six five, and um, so now we're we're above that. And we when we spent most of the week there, um, so these rates are they're pushing up ever so slightly. Could be the
3: end. Could it be the end? Yeah, Could like... we be drawing
2: near the end of these crazy low rates?
3: <laughs> Sounds like the end of a Batman show, the old Batman. I was kind of Stick trying to do that. Next I'm glad week. You got that. I think the going forward, though, it's it's inevitable that um, volatility is going to be a part of this game. You know. Yeah, you know, I mean, we've it, we've seen... gone down, we go up. It's a roller but, coaster. But lately, leading into the Fed meeting.
2: We keep seeing rates sort of building up there. Like if you if you drew a line, like some kind of a you know a a line graph, and just said here's the target date of the Fed announcement of whether they're raising rates, and then here's the bond market. Um, we've been the bond market; it just keeps moving. Um, those yields sort of build right up to it. And I think the biggest reason, I mean, as I could simplify it to myself to help me understand how it works is um, if the Fed's going up rates next week, you don't want to get caught with your with your bond package or your uh, making sales of your existing bonds or your mortgage-backed securities. You don't want to get caught aggregating stuff that's suddenly going to be undermined by a quarter of a point. Because mm-hmm. cause look, I mean, a quarter of a point's pretty big right now. That makes up a kind of a significant amount of your profit. Mm-hmm. So we sort of add this fat into it, right? Where it's sort of, well, even though the chances are slim that they're going to raise rates, right now it's estimated that it's a 15% chance. Uh, then we're we're still sort of cooking a little bit of fat into this deal so that if they surprise us and raise rates we would have been somewhat prepared for it in terms of interest rates and you know what we're selling our current bonds for if they don't then what we usually see is for the next couple of sessions we see the fat kind of slough back out of the deal and now all of a sudden we're getting back to where we were Um, so And and by the way, that volatility, that buildup going into the Fed meeting, um, it grows in those last few sessions right before there. So it's not surprising to me that interest rates are a little bit higher this week than they were last week. Uh, I am not anticipating the Fed's raising interest rates this coming week. I think probably what they do is um, make an announcement a little bit more clarity about what to expect, and it'll put the spotlight really on the December meeting. Um, And the December meeting has got to feel pretty suspect for a rate hike given that December is when they snuck it in last year. Yeah. And it just seems like a fitting place. Um, Because remember, guys, we're not – this isn't just raising interest rates for the sake of raising interest rates. I think the biggest thing that the feds need to accomplish right now – um, you, I want everyone really to, to think of this in terms of normalizing interest rates. We want these yields to be normalized so that we have that tool in the bag, right? Like right now, if we had some kind of um, deflationary problem, big unemployment problem, credit freeze problem. We don't, we're sort of out of that tool. We can't cut interest rates to spur the economy at that point. Currently um, just a quarter. They're currently cut. All you really be able to do is basically, I mean, and the quarter point is kind of negligible in, in policy. That is, in that scenario, yeah. Yeah, like, and, then, and then you'd be faced with your only other option then is to go negative. And we know right now there are countries around the world that have chosen to do that. The U.S. has not done that, um, and but it's it's an option that's always on the table. Yeah. But rather than that be the only card you can play, I think the idea is we move towards having rates be a little bit more normal. If we can get that overnight rate up to a couple percent gradually, without shocking the economy, then if whoever wins the presidency, uh, I I, I I try really hard to be apolitical here on the show because I don't wanna I don't wanna make enemies. I don't wanna turn people off. Um, and you know, if you take stance on either side, you're gonna upset fifty percent of the people, aren't you? Yeah, it's certainly a telling. Maybe even a little bit a more because I personally get offended when a business that I frequent or consider frequenting comes out and their CEO makes some political stance where they're almost you oh so you now you want to force feed me your political ideals i may head for your competitor then that doesn't do that so we try really hard to not have political stances here on the show so suffice to say whether you're in the trump camp or the hillary camp happy in your little camp something crazy is gonna happen yeah somebody's going to do something crazy the country's i think going to slug it out in the next six eight weeks and that in and of itself is going to bring us some volatility never mind the fact that the feds are straddling the september and december meetings we're kind of bookending this season of already kind of unrest and
3: slight slightly chaotic
2: does it feel a little chaotic to you
3: I couldn't really comment to that only because I think, I just think this is the new norm. I just think that, I just think.
2: (laughs) Thanks Mike. (laughs) So for the rest of us (laughs) like me that are hoping this stuff all blows over and that we could get back to that.
3: No, Mike points wants you to know that this is how it's going to be for, well, let me finish. This is the new norm for at least the next three to five years. I just don't see how our globalization, you know, our international, engagement with all these other countries who are in bad shape is going to just that's that's pampering us from doing what we, what we really need to do here in the country which I think is is quite clearly raise rates but you know we're we're stuck now in this position where we we can't affect our partners to a certain degree and we need to kind of stick around where we're at this last week I mean we're running
2: out of time here we so I gotta throw a couple things in we here we are um, a couple quick headlines that are clipped. I mean, number one, initial jobless claims for the week were pretty good. This is getting a little bit more attention than it's had. I mean, and don't get me wrong, initial jobless claims are are crazy low. They're in a great spot. Seems very healthy. Um, but because of the that last jobs report coming in slightly off of expectations was just a few months back. I mean, what was it, three months ago we had the really, really bad jobs report. So, trying to pay close attention to what's going on in the jobs market. So, jobless claims is one of the things that kind of helps keep your finger right on the pulse. Jobless claims this week were good. Um, They are 260,000 initial claims, which was down from 265 for the preceding Thursday. Um, Another reading that we got was August retail sales. Retail sales were weak. At minus 0.3%. That was pretty disappointing. Um, in terms of an economy that you feel comfortable raising rates on, you like to see retail sales be on a little bit firmer ground than having um, negative movement in the month of August. Also, in August, I mean, another metric that the Feds track to try to gauge the health of the economy and whether or not increasing the um the Fed's overnight rate is uh, that target interest rate. Should it be increased? What do we look for? One of the things that we're looking at is inflation. You can use this kind of policy to have an impact on inflation, whether you're trying to encourage it or slow it down. And for the people that have been uh, worried about inflation, where are you? (laughs) I mean, other than healthcare going up and sometimes energy costs seeming a little bit erratic, um, inflation is relatively flat. And for the month of August, producer price index, as well as core producer price index, uh, respectively flat and plus 0.1%. So these aren't the annualized rates of inflation that you would like to see in an environment where your Federal Reserve Committee is contemplating raising rates. Um, it just seems that um sort of, just not quite there. So we'll see. Yeah. And more than anything, I think we cling to the comments that are made. We cling to what's said. Um, what What are we going to learn? What are the feds thinking? How many people were on which side of the fence? You have of the voting members, you're going to have the the folks in favor of the hike and the folks not. Um, at the very beginning of the year, we had only one vote in favor, I think, in that um, uh, in the first meeting of 2016, um, and, and that number seems to be growing. So it'll be interest, interesting to see if we get closer to that um, critical amount needed to actually right. um, suggest that the Fed
3: is is imminently close to raising rates. And, and I sense that they're hyper-aware of their risk management situation, which is in a long, That's that's a long way of me saying I think they're realizing that they need some insurance and raise that rate up just in case. You know, like they did last year.
2: I wonder if they're all
3: sleeping good. That's what I want to (laughs) know.
2: I'm sure they are. I can only imagine. It is 9.31. So... It's time for a commercial break. We'll take the first commercial break of the show. I hope our guests are in the green room there. So we'll uh I believe they are. We'll go I see if so. we could wrangle them. We'll wrangle some microphones, we'll wrangle some refills on the hot
1: coffee. We'll wrangle a bunch of stuff here during the break.
2: And you're gonna bring us back with something timely. I know you have that smirk I on your so. face that if you could skip this break and just bring back the bed, well, you would. I would. Yeah. So, you'll have to wait <laughs> and see this uh this pick that Jim has for us and uh otherwise yeah, we'll be back in a couple minutes with more mortgage matters.
0: Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832.
2: This is Jason Grody with Central Coast Lending, host of Mortgage Matters on KVEC. As mortgage experts, we can help you refinance your home or investment property. We can lower your rate, shorten your term, or get rid of your mortgage insurance. Don't miss the opportunity to improve your financial situation. Call Central Coast Lending today. When
5: you buy or refinance a home, just call- Central Coast Lending.
1: Central Coast Lending is an equal housing opportunity real estate broker. California Bureau of Real Estate number 01839608. NMLS number 328358. You're tuned in to Mortgage
0: Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800 549 5832. Now, back to the show.
2: Are we here? Are we back? There was no music. It got too chaotic.
1: Yeah.
2: Do you want to do good. it now? We can do it right now if you want to do it right now. Well, it's live radio. I thought that the music was cute,
3: but it's not. So let's just go. For
2: All right. It. We're just going to go for it. We're yeah, coming back, back without good. music. Hopefully it doesn't um, mess up our vibe here. We're used to coming back with a some kind of, you know, very custom. Motown. Yeah. Apropos. All right. So I got Mike points here today. Um, Dan is our dan podesto is on vacation and when we don't have our dan we need two to fill his shoes we brought in two more dans and so uh here we are welcome gentlemen thank you much for uh coming in on a saturday
6: thanks for having
7: us yeah thanks for uh, bringing us in absolutely
2: yeah uh, it, you guys should see the scene right now. We got microphones everywhere with, with the five people here in the studio. So, yeah, get snuggled up to that thing. In order to sound good coming through the home speakers, your lips kind of got to be brushing across this thing as
3: you talk. Just so, just a quick introduction for our listeners uh, who may be just chiming in. Uh, we have Dan Carpenter here, uh, currently on the City Council, San Luis Obispo, running for 3rd District Supervisor coming up. Uh, Dan Knight of Dan Knight Construction, a local general contractor and attorney at law. And the topic we're going to go over today is really the um, the residential inspection, um, housing inspection law that's been brought into place here in the city of San Luis Obispo um, as of January 1st. And so just kind of what we'd like to do is quickly introduce the topic, you know, the inspection, how it's rolled out, what the city's mindset is as to why we think we should have this ordinance And then go from there, talk a little bit about, you know, the pros and cons. When do we fight? The fighting probably happens after the first commercial break. Okay. uh, I would think.
2: (laughs) I mean, I, well, uh, yeah, I want to do it on the air. I mean, let's slug it out. Sure. (laughs) I I haven't figured out yet. I was telling Mike, maybe you guys were listening, but maybe it was when you were walking up to the building. I was telling Mike, I might be prepared to take up the other side of the argument here, Um, not based on personal beliefs, but just for the, um, going to I like to argue and maybe there's oh, me too. maybe there's <laughs> maybe there's That's a, just my game. <laughs> maybe there's a way to get this thing um quite a bit more colorful today. Um but yeah, so real quick though, um why don't you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves and um I guess how you've arrived at um the place in life you are where now you're here on a Saturday morning talking about something like a like a rental inspection ordinance.
7: Let me give you a little background. This is Dan Carpenter on, you know, the city council had this ordinance come before us about uh, a year ago, May, uh, May, May of 2015. And it was uh, brought to us with considerable um, public comment opposing it uh, for many different reasons. And we can get into those later. And so it was a trial program. They said, well, let's try it for a year. We'll bring it back in May of 2016, which is exactly what they did. And, the program ended up uh, being more onerous in 2016 when it came back um, than it had been in 2015. And both times, the same majority of the council, uh, Mayor Marks, Council Member Ashbaugh, and Christensen, all supported it both times. And so this is what we're stuck with. We have a community, by and large, um, that does not want this ordinance. We're hearing... Not only from landlords, which you would expect, but we're also hearing from the tenants. They each have a different reason to oppose it. We can get into those things as well. But we're here today because this city council majority has not acted in the best interest of the majority of, of the people of this community. That's what bring me brings me here. And Dan, uh, he's been personally affected. Maybe he can chime in on that.
6: Sure. So I've uh, been a community member in San Luis Obispo. I've had a lot of people... Uh, question my motives for this is that I'm a I'm a renter with no rentals and I'm a remodeling contractor so it goes against financially what would help me out uh, I'm just here cuz I don't want people to go through my home I don't wanna have to look at my son and say I allowed this to happen on my watch that we gave away the last privacy rights that we had and not uphold the Constitution because I've taken the, the oath many times to uphold the Constitution I'm not going to say enemies in this case, but uh, against people that might not interpret it the same way I would. And sure. it, uh, it became personal. It really, when I got the letter saying they're going to come into my home on this date and they're going to be looking at my stuff, and what have I done? Nothing illegal. What has my, my landlord done? She's been awesome. She's taken care of the property. She's always maintained a, a clean premises that's in line with all of our state laws that already exist that I feel like protect us more than this Inspection program.
2: I, th- I think there's outside chance maybe that some of the people that are listening today maybe aren't clear exactly um, why this, why the need for the ordinance came about in the first place. And um, uh, if if our Dan Podesto were here today, he'd tell his story, and, and you guys may have heard this before, but one of the first places he moved when moving here for college um, to San Luis Obispo was... He was able to and by the way, I should just say, um he's the he's the CFO of our company <laughs> and the guy in charge of the bucks, and for good reason because um he's terrific at it. He's incredibly
3: good <laughs> our income with statement managing is the money.
2: Like- and um and you know, to be to be honest with you, I I really never have been. I mean I, I wouldn't suggest that I'm uh, I'm bad with money, but but really being disciplined and managing the budget the way that he does it is just superior to the way that I do it. That being said, this has been true. I've known him for a number of years. This is true for him personally and professionally. So he rented um, effectively a closet um, and was happy to do so, by the way, was working uh, for, th- I believe, then Albertsons on Foothill and was a student and looking for an affordable way to be in a town where finding a place to rent always was incredibly competitive Mm -hmm. because of that then pretty overpriced and willing to live in what I think this ordinance would suggest is is not okay. Health and safety wise, but but willing by choice. I mean, this is an educated man sure. who's doing this by choice um, to make a little bit of economic advantage in a way that he deemed was so safe and reasonable for himself. So he's not alone in that. Um, but the but so the broader brushstrokes of this thing then are that um, some folks must have come out and said. Our city is overrun with slumlords, mm-hmm. and they are impeding the rights and quality of life of who then would be the the rental public—that the tenants of of our city—and um, something must be done. These people have no voice; they don't know how to organize themselves. They are—if they speak out. And try to get some wrong righted that their land that their house is moldy that they might suppress any of that and just deal with it because if they piss the landlord off the landlord's going to throw them out and then they may not be able to find a replacement home they may have to leave the area um, whether or not those are are um, perfectly valid or accurate arguments they are. Um, those arguments have been made. Um, and so somebody came along with what I can, I keep wanting to not use the word draconian because it (laughs) feels like I'm going on, I'm wanting to argue from this other side. So just work with me here. Um, that we came up with some laws to give voice to the voiceless, man. This is the day we live in.
6: Sure. And I, and I agree that there are often groups of people and uh, individuals and in situations that that need protection but what we're forgetting to, to point out is that these protections already exist without having to penalize the people that are doing just fine. There's protection for retaliatory eviction when you uh, report mold or health and safety problems and there's a huge difference between compulsion and invitation when you have somebody come into your home and in outreach program I get uh, notices, cut your weeds with my water bill why can't you say these are your tenant rights with your water bill?
2: Sure.
7: I think too, um, you know going back to where this came from, um, we did have residents, uh, primarily homeowner occupied who came to us and said we believe students and other renters need this protection. However, I, I have to tell you having been with the city for a lot of years that we already, like Dan mentioned, we have these protections in place we have a, uh, a proactive um, neighborhood wellness program that addresses all of these issues. We have a proactive um, uh, code enforcement program that addresses these. So if there is any potential cause out there that, that our staff is made aware of, they've been addressing them already anyway. So this program was an extension of something that we already had in place that I would say we've been in enforcing mediocrely if that's a word, Um, we have not uh, been actively, um, you know, enforcing it. So had we been doing that, there may not have been a need for this. But we talk about this being needed for the health and safety. You brought that up, that we don't want people living in unsafe environments. None of us do. But two things. One is we want to empower people and give them the opportunity to say, you know what, it's not okay for me to live in this, and let's go do something about it. When I look through our our inspection program checklist that our staff goes out with, there are lots of issues in here that are not health and safety related. For example, no abandoned or inoperable vehicles or overgrown vegetation. That has nothing to do with health and safety. No peeling paint. That has nothing to do with it. No missing or damaged screens on the window. So we have a lot of things in here that are really an overreach of what the intention was. And the, that's what creates the unintended consequences. Yeah, that order. sounds
3: like an HOA, right? Don't leave your garbage cans out more than 24 hours after garbage day. Sure. Yeah, you know, I, I had a
2: situation when I was a tenant. I rented an apartment um, over uh, near the intersection of Los Osos Valley Road and Madonna, Mm-hmm. It was actually in the, like, El Tigre court, mm-hmm. which is like a cul-de-sac that kind of goes back by Cesslock back mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Um, the anyway, Cess- I, the I lived back yeah. there, and uh, I got to tell you, you guys probably know, and Dan, you you obviously do because you, you're a tenant and have real fresh experience with mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Um, I Every time I tried to rent a house in San Luis or an apartment in San Luis, it was like, full-blown cut cutthroat competition to get it um and and i've told this before on the on the air but luckily the competition was like you know basically doing their applications in crayon and showing up with like three frat buddies sure, sure. <laughs> i showed up with my wife in a f- presentation folder mm-hmm. that had both of our resumes, copy of our credit report, our bank statements, uh, references from our previous landlords. Um, not that I was offering to pay any more than anybody else that was there sure. was willing to pay, but just some way to set myself aside. The competition required that. You know, sure. if you didn't have a, if you didn't have like a friend of the family that was like, hey we're this place is for you you know we all you need to do is just tell us when you're going to be there and we'll give you a lease if you don't have that set up mm-hmm. you got to get good at competing or else you're just going to get good at paying 23 bucks a credit pull for every property manager in mm-hmm. town mm-hmm. you know to and spend your weekends looking at houses with 50 of your best friends um so that being said it's really competitive in the apartments i lived on in antigre we had a problem where um I'm not convinced I understand the root of it, but basically what we ended up with was a significant mold issue. Sure. And I literally did. I wrangled this idea. Um, I mean, first of all, I think when you're 20 years old, um, adults, your landlord, they, mm-hmm. they seem authoritarian and they're smarter than you. They've got more life experience than you. They got a bunch of money. I mean, they own this apartment building that 50 of us are in. They seem to clearly have an upper hand on the law. They have an upper hand on just being able to, you know, to squash your argument or or mm-hmm. forcibly get you off the phone somehow or other. I I remember feeling like I was severely outhanded in these negotiations. Um, and at the end of the day was um actually unaware of the rights that I had as a tenant, sure. unaware of what remedies there were for me. Mm-hmm. Um, older people I knew that had more life experience said, well, you don't pay the rent. You don't pay the rent. You So you make a written demand and then you don't pay the rent until your demand is is acknowledged sure. uh, and remedied. And yeah, if I don't pay the rent, man, she's going to throw me out. And if she sure. throws me out, now what? I Where am I going to live? You know how hard it was to find this place. So it's one of those things where at a minimum, Dan, what you said about um, you know, maybe not maybe being mediocre at best at having these programs you support things. um that should definitely be a way bigger part of with or without this ordinance. Tenants should not feel outhanded by sure. their wealthy landowner, landlord that sort of just tells them what the thing's gonna be. And um and mm-hmm. I always felt I always felt like I was and now that I'm a you know I'm an adult and I'm a property <laughs> owner, and I have a lot more experience, sure. I wish I could go take the 20-year-old me by the hand and go, you know, let's get some justice here. And I know sure. that there was avenues to remedy it, but um it, yeah, it just it wasn't a good setup. So This is one of those things where the law passes and now you've, like, you understand the, I I kind of understand where it came from, but now I have a much greater understanding of the unintended consequences.
6: Well, and something to keep in mind, too, is this law would have done you no good in an apartment this is for one unit
2: property. It's
3: excellent point. Yeah, <laughs> so no, so no matter what, so you, why have, didn't they you you have,
2: the have people some... in the apartment then if it was
3: all well, about. Well, we're going to get in. I mean, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, it's a great question, we, Jay. We,
7: this ordinance only covers single-family dwellings and duplexes, and the reason that it came, they came after these, is because they were not having any kind of inspection up to this point. Multi-family dwellings, um, of three units or more, are. Inspected on the exterior from the fire department, unless oh, you're invited in, and so they have a much less um, inspection review than what we're doing on this ordinance. So, you've got all of these multi family dwellings right now just getting a cursory review of the exterior in, in regards to fire safety. Um, so, th- this and this brings in what we have, have been talking about is the discrimination. of of this ordinance as well. I'm not suggesting that the multifamilies or the the owner-occupieds be included. I'm suggesting we get rid of it for this housing class that we created. If you're unfortunate enough to live in a single-family home um, or a duplex, you have been targeted simply by your class. And I think that's that's one of the issues that we're we're making, too, is Mm -hmm. um, that type of discrimination should never be allowed.
3: That's interesting. So yeah, I, I think uh, just to recap on what you were saying, Jay, and um, what what Mister Carpenter has been just kind of reading from our current policy is that you know the supply and demand is such that you know those who are demanding are in some ways happy to get a seven hundred and fifty dollar a month room that is maybe in compliance or not in compliance with the building code now what this does. And so that's up to them. I'm not saying builders, I'm not saying homeowners shouldn't um, be aware of the maintenance that they need to do. And I'm not saying that they should go carve in a bunch of, you know, rooms into an existing house. They have to abide by the code for density. I think that's smart, but sometimes what's happening is that these rooms are, are this house is, is not exactly up to code for real reasons of safety or standards that can easily be fixed but what now is happening is an inspection's coming into play. The owner of that house is worried about that inspection and what it could actually cost instead of getting to it like they would general maintenance and really the people living there as long as it's not hazardous are perfectly fine with it. I mean they're happy to live in a house that's 1200 square feet that originally had three bedrooms but now has a fourth bedroom because there's an auxiliary unit behind. You know if it's to code I see that it should be left alone because the market is such right now that we don't have the inventory to people to get more things. And what this is now doing is it's forcing property owners to say, "Look, I'm, I don't, I don't think I can be a, a landlord anymore. I think I need to sell this property." And now they're giving up an opportunity for them to hold an asset in this city. This is a little bit this is a little bit slippery slope, but I would say that I've I've sat with. I people. worry less about those people. I mm-hmm. um, well, they're fact, part we, of our community.
2: Yeah, but we have such a housing crunch anyway that if you're if you're not thick skinned enough to be able to uh, own a property, then maybe maybe you leave in the first wave. Um, the bigger issue, I think, is those people like and you know like what you're saying. What you're talking um, about is
3: tolerance. So what
2: I'm talking about is right. I mean, there's a difference between sure but i i guess what i'm saying is that that to me that's not the biggest root issue of it i i think that the bigger problem here stems from for me anyway and i think what you're saying dan too is that um to me there's uh, it's there's an invasion of per- personal property rights here mm-hmm. and We already have the laws set up that um, if you enter into a housing agreement with somebody, you're both of contractual age, which suggests that you have some ability to understand what your rights and responsibilities are on both sides of it, and that you are then okay with the terms of the agreement. And now to have blanket approval that people can come into your house almost at will to make an inspection um, where there isn't reasonable cause to be sure. granted entry into your home, that to me is overstepping one of the most basic rights that I believe we have, both as the tenant and the landlord. So, I that's that's probably my big crux. And so, Mike, what I'm saying, yeah, to you're, you're right. right. Very, you are right. That's Mike. very black and white. But what I'm suggesting is that's that to me is the bigger part of it sure if you just go "Eh, yeah it's gonna drive me out as a landlord because i'm not prepared to deal with the added cost or hassle or worry now so what you don't care about personal rights so that that maybe it's a close second but um maybe you go
3: in the first wave because you you, sure don't have the resolve um, that I think you need, you know. Yeah, and the ordinance itself is so. Dan said we but have, we have. Go ahead, Jason. I,
2: I, what I'm curious about too. I, I'm, I'm a pretty cynical guy. <laughs> is this a no. cash grab? Is this a, <laughs> is this a? Hey, um, you know, we go to c- city staff and we say, as you all know, um, this is something that really should be addressed and um, give you something to do. And then, of course, you know, if you do a good job, you you become head of the department and it's going to generate all of this revenue. And with these revenues and fines, then there'll be like an oversight committee and then it'll become part of the budget. And next thing you know, there's a new wing off of City Hall. That's the Mm -hmm. property inspection management headquarters association where, you know, they basically just come in and and create this whole thing that. Did it need to be that behemoth of a, a a budgetary item where it could have been managed in some other way? Was this somehow about money? Well,
7: let me let me just chime in real quick, Jason. That uh, just to give you a background, um, the original projection of this is to cost uh, the city about four hundred thousand the first year. When the when the oh. yeah. <laughs> First We're year. used to seeing first and hearing year.
2: big numbers in government, but 400 grand, that's a lot of money. So,
7: and and the intent, the direction from the majority of council was to have this cost revenue neutral. And I've seen the projections for the first four years, and we are losing all four years. It doesn't even start to break even, assuming that they can get around to doing all the inspections and charging everybody until about the fourth or fifth year before it becomes that neutral place. So it's going to cost the taxpayers... A couple million bucks. Yes, exactly. And so it's not even meeting the intent of the majority who sent this ordinance off. And and that was one of my comments originally is, I don't want this costing the taxpayers anything. No.
2: It sounds like we need to start a committee now that will be the bake sale that raises funds for the um, rental inspection ordinance fund
6: and i just want to throw out too that i i work with these people uh pretty regularly on a daily basis and going back to you know if there's some sort of hint that if you do this or there's something nefarious about i don't think anybody has gone into this saying this is how we're going to make money off the citizenry i think that people want the good and just how it's developed and how it's become implemented it's just off track with i think people's intent i don't think or me, anybody gets into public service thinking I'm gonna I'm gonna take take take. Right, I would hope not. I would tend to believe in our representatives. more, I also but how, it, how it's developed. It's it's going so off track.
2: I also don't think that there's a slumlord in our city that's like got you living in filth and refusing to do anything about it um, as a norm either. You know, but,
6: and I think there's always the exception to the rule, but the protections that we have in the uh, civil code. Are superior because they give you that retaliatory protection. What happens if you have somebody come in and say we certify this building is acceptable you are you no longer afforded the protections at the state level and it, has, it hasn't been answered yet.
2: Interesting. That we're I, superior.
7: I think too um, and I can assure you our staff knows who those handful of slumlords are in our community and they have been addressing mm-hmm. those issues all along so it's not something that's widespread that people are living in squalor in these in these rental homes, it's just uh, to make things fair, if you will. They had to spread this umbrella over every rental. When we know, in fact, who the slumlords are.
2: Yeah, um, Jim was just giving us the. You guys thought he was doing his best Nixon impersonation. That was actually a two-minute warning leading us into the top of the hour
3: break. We get no timeouts in this game.
2: Um, that's one minute
3: oh, that's there. Yeah. One, minute. one whole one minute. Um, Index fingers, of course.
2: I. Th- Obviously, I think we're just kind of getting going in this, and we have a lot more time to discuss it. I'd also love if some people wanted to call in and share their fors or against comments. Um, I I also want to know, too, I mean, part of what we're here to talk about today is um, a movement to repeal this ordinance, correct?
6: Correct, Uh correct. So, Dan Carpenter, Stu Jenkins, and me are proponents of an initiative for a special election that we're trying to collect signatures for to get this thing repealed. I love to talk
2: about that. So that's what we're going to talk about next hour. Um, Get to the bottom of that. So, guys, we got a top of the hour commercial break here. We'll be gone for five minutes. Go water the dog, get some new coffee, whatever you got to do. Stick with us for another hour of mortgage matters. Difference it makes to come back with a little bit of music. A <laughs> I, got
0: a, lot
2: of I got a little glide in my stride. So I'm ready to rock.
8: They might be trying to tell you what color you can paint your wall.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, so you know it's a good topic when you go to break and no one gets out of their chair. We just keep talking about the same thing <laughs> right through the break. Yep. Um, sometimes these topics are labored enough that when we get to a break, we go outside and you know talk about someone kneeling during the national anthem or something. Oh, wow. um, <laughs> so. That being said, that's the last time I'm going to reference that on the show. (laughs) I think that should start being treated like the terrorist thing, Mm -hmm. and let's not talk about it. Don't give them the media play, and then you know, yeah, right. There you go. Now I gave my opinion, and ah, tried not to do that all day. Do that. It's
3: very hard. Uh It's very hard. Very hard.
2: Okay, so. If you're just joining us here for the, the second hour of the show, uh, we're knee deep in the discussion of this um, rental housing inspection program. And um, basically, what we just it took us about a half an hour to get down to the point that these gentlemen here are um, spearheading an initiative to uh, get rid of it. Want to get, collect some signatures, see mm-hmm. if we can get enough people um, up to snuff. So being a, a practitioner of the housing industry as mm-hmm. we are, um, all this housing stuff's near and dear to my heart. I heard about this for you know since basically the first murmurings of it. And then, of course, all of the real estate agents I know, sure. um, they were a good voice, came mm-hmm. out, um, probably could have done a better job at coming out, uh, but I think they were kind of dismissed. Oh, it's just your greed. You're out Mm -hmm. here because of greed. You think under the guise of property rights, but all you really care about is keeping your landlords' pockets filled. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't think that's true either. I think, if Mm -hmm. anything, the real estate agents that I know are um, their life revolves around property rights, and not letting that erode in any way is is pretty high priority. Um, And I'd like to believe that that those rights are uh, a high priority for any American. Um, Mike mentioned to me several times, uh, you know, our our Dan Knight's a defender of the Constitution (laughs) and uh, wants to talk a lot about that. And, um, you know, and so what I want to do, you know, I want to kind of go back through that a little bit and and talk. um, You said before, opposing this ordinance probably has some kind of negative effect at least on your business well i I don't think anybody
6: wants i mean i I, listen i don't i got no uh my horse in the races that i just don't want people coming in my home i'm almost certain that there's people that are not going to use my company now because i came out against this i'm almost certain that i've
2: alienated
6: friends and that i've foregone opportunities but at the same time I've also
2: maybe you've gained some though the people are like that Dan guy's right on
6: well you know and I and I hope so and and I don't think my real intention here is not to say that there's bad people uh there's been some uh, articles that I've read that haven't been a a direct attack on me but they've been an attack on uh, Mr. Carpenter uh, saying that we should uh, we should repeal, there. I'm sorry, we shouldn't repeal this. We should leave it in place. And how dare we, you know, try and repeal the protection that leaves rats and so forth. And uh, and my my feeling is, is what happens when you have the ability to do that and to not give away the freedoms that, you know, I went to high school with guys that have died over in Iraq, thinking they're defending the Constitution. I kind of take the opinion that, well, you know, kneeling really, it just irks me so much. But that's what it's about you have the freedoms to do it and that's i want to protect with that fourth amendment protection that we were extended and we fought so hard and our forefathers fought so hard for to where you do have privacy left you have somewhere where you can go and just unwind and not worry about somebody coming in and what i'm arguing is the, the the code enforcement has the prerogative they can take the general characteristics of the community they can look at Uh, vehicles parked in the driveway, they can look at the condition of the building, they can look in a window from the curtilage and say, you know what, that gives us probable cause to think that there's something going wrong. It's not a very high bar if you read this case law to go get a warrant without having to penalize everybody else where they go, we don't think there's a problem, but we better check anyhow. They have the ability to walk in, I'm sorry, go to a magistrate or an impartial third party, depending on how they have it structured, and say, we believe there's something nefarious going on here And we need to go in there because there's a health and safety concern. We're not asking for much. We're just saying have a reason to go in besides, yeah, huh. Right. That's never been a a legal basis. Articulate some facts that lead you to believe that you need to go in. And then there's some other problems where it's compelled, compelled speech. You have the right to remain quiet and not to divulge information when you have to state your tenants' names and their private information. And then there's, you know, Law that cuts the other way that says, well, there's protections to make sure that's not divulged. But if it's not necessary, why do we risk it? There's just a bunch of arguments like that, and then there's always the
2: fifth. I I can't help but wonder too. Sitting here, um, are there other cities that have done this? Are we are we doing the are we slow trying to be the the banner city again that has the cutting edge laws?
6: I, I think they modeled this a lot off of the Santa Cruz. ordinance and then i know san francisco has in some of the case law that we've read here litigated another way down in la there's there's other cities that have done this the the literature that i've read on that and the 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 case laws that i've been able or the case law that i've been able to find you know they're able to police business that's the, the police power the state has and that's not at all really my problem with it i believe that you should be able to regulate business to them you know so you're not poisoning people for example you're not putting uranium into the river But at the same time, you shouldn't be infringing on tenants' rights that say, I don't want to be regulated. I'm fine. Please leave me alone in my home. And that's my big issue. And then we're defining a class of persons based strictly on financial ability or or even if it's just a choice. I don't want to maintain the property. I would rather pay my landlord enough to take care of this kind of stuff for me. We're grouping them into a group of people that we feel like now they're so meek and we have to take care of them and these poor people. I have a lot more faith in people. I personally feel insulted by that. You're saying I'm not an adult. I can't. I can't kind of you know take the take the wheel of my own life. You
7: need to look out for me.
6: There's just a lot of ethical issues, but I believe also a lot of legal issues.
7: I think too. Um, as I talk to people, this is yeah. um, a real privacy issue. That it's 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 like our last sanctuary of privacy that we have left. As all of you know, the minute you leave the inside of your home, you're probably on somebody's surveillance camera. And so I think to give up this is a is a real slippery slope.
2: Oh, there, there you, you go. Mm-hmm. What if then instead of the ordinance and program, what if we just allowed the city to put cameras inside the rental homes where they can view at will? I love satire you don't sarcasm. need to be. You don't need to be bothered as a tenant
3: and just live stream it. They
2: can they can see when they need to see. Make think, sure that you're. I,
3: I think NBC would call me. Sooner than I think, I'm pretty entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt
2: that. Well, and, and I think I don't, I don't think I would change your channel, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was.
7: There I'm um, to, as well for our staff that goes inside and finds um, stuff in there that's going on that is not. It's beyond their inspection, and what do they do with that information?
2: Yeah, what if they're growing medical marijuana? Is it legal and slow? Can you grow weed in San Luis Obispo? You can. So, okay. So then what? We go in there and now. Now the housing inspection guy is counting pot plants to validate whether or not he's in accordance with his that's license. Very interesting. Uh, uh, that's the question, but I don't think we or, have any definite. Or an in-home daycare that perhaps was like flying below the radar. I you mean, know, Maybe that'd be good to catch.
3: This is probably See, a good time.
2: People can't be left to be uh, autonomous inside their four walls. They can't be trusted.
3: This is a good time I to bring in stud. our caller. We, <laughs> uh,
2: all right, now it's time to open up the phone. Um, I want to remind you guys: uh, we'd love to take your calls. Please try your best to be respectful, um, and uh, remember, this is live radio, so um, don't. The language. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 Sunny.
9: <laughs> that, that was directed towards me. No, no, it was no. Not.
2: I faith. just. Sometimes on controversial topics, there's people get passionate, and if you get passionate, try to be passionate with uh, words, words that are appropriate for an elementary school. So, Sunny, good morning. Hi, hi. Welcome to good Mortgage morning. Matters.
9: I just want to preface this by saying I only get passionate when Dan is replacing my floors.
2: So. <laughs> All right.
9: The only time you'll hear me cussing.
6: Nice <laughs> you were the best customer we've ever had in my entire life.
9: <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Dan. All right. Um, well, I have, I have a couple questions, actually. So what I'm gathering from your discussion is that tenants do not have the right to opt out of this. If a code enforcement were to come to their home, they wouldn't be able to state that they're not interested in having them enter. They would be, it would be a forced entry.
6: So go ahead, Dan. No, you go ahead. So they have the ability at this point to apparently say, we don't want you in, and the code enforcement will not come in. It's under threat of inspection warrant. The details of that have not been 100%. I don't know of anybody that's gotten that that's said don't come in where they forced their way in. I know there was a slow, slow plus journal or slow journal where um, one of the councilwomen said that if you, know, if you don't want them in there, we'll come in at the next time it's vacant, but then we get into a legal issue of who has Fourth Amendment protections in the property while it's vacant. So no matter what, they're infringed, but they have the ability to opt out as a tenant.
7: Yeah, we will not, our staff will not force themselves in. What they will do then is, of course, go back to our legal department, right. and they will seek the inspection warrant, and, of course, our city attorney then will have to go before a judge and make her case that there's cause to go in. Whoa.
9: And I wonder, I wonder when you speak of a warrant, you know, usually you speak of it in the criminal context. Sure. So who in this case would be the criminal um, requiring probable cause or a warrant?
7: Well... Yeah, I think in an inspection warrant, and I'm not a lawyer, but uh, it's different than a, uh, a search warrant. And so, um, according to our city, it's <laughs> only in spirit. <laughs> according to our city attorney, yeah, I that, mean, just in language, it is. But. Yeah, and, and according to our, our city staff in in our legal office, that that is available to jurisdictions like the city of San Luis Obispo and others as a uh, as a tool to enter, uh, but there again, like any warrant, there has to be probable cause, and I don't know what that threshold is because we haven't tested it yet, and I assume that once we test it, we will get some pushback uh, from the tenant or the landlord at that point.
6: Well, I think also that a a violation of the building code, and I'm kind of ad-libbing this just from experience in the building industry, if you knowingly violate the building code, it's an infraction. It's a uh, uh, criminal procedure and criminal uh, probable cause, I believe, to get in. So if you are knowingly doing something and denying entry for that, and that's the basis for the probable cause, I believe that that actually meets the threshold
9: mm-hmm. to get
6: in the door. So there, but the,
9: again, we're talking about who's knowingly doing it when you're talking about entering somebody's home. They have a possessorary interest in that home.
6: And it's the tenant. I believe it's the tenant. In this case, because mm-hmm. I believe that the, the landlord would not be as subject to that because they're regulating business under the police power.
9: Yeah, it, it doesn't really make sense to me. Sure, me neither. You know, to, <laughs> okay, well, I get that, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, you know, I know that one of the things I think, I'm not sure who mentioned it, but was screens, wouldn't would rise the level of health and safety, but that is part of um, the warranty of habitability is that all windows have screens. So really it could be, uh, looking from the outside and seeing that one window doesn't have a screen, and therefore that's probable cause to enter the entire building.
2: That, that is true. Uh, that is true. Uh, not, not only that, but uh, when I was in high school, um, the screen was off of my window because that was how I snuck in and out. <laughs> so we're gonna get we're gonna get my dad busted because of my removing the screen um, that's a that's an interesting thing too well,
6: and I think that they come from the perspective with the health and safety is you're controlling the spread of disease you don't want flies coming in you don't want insects oh, flying sure. through the window so I mean or I getting I can, I can Zinca get the
2: virus or whatever sure. that
6: and and I think Zika Zika well then it does give you like we say from the case law that I've been reading it it's a very pretty low bar to have probable cause without penalizing the neighbors Sonny, yeah. Sonny just,
7: I'll share with you also. Um, during our four public hearings we had before this went into effect, um, one of the questions from the hundreds of people that attended these said, what happens if a tenant denies entry? What, what, what is the, what's the result of that? And the staff person said, denying entry is probable cause. Just to get the inspection warrant, which I thought was. Uh,
6: Whoa.
3: It, 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 yeah. That a reasoning. Let's yeah.
6: have a civil penalty because you're
2: exercising your constitutional rights. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. And that would sense. be
9: the civil penalty would be on the tenant at
7: that point or on, the landlord? On the tenant
2: that's crazy I mean I I've for the protection
9: of tenants
2: I've it objected precisely. to some entry into my home when I was a tenant if for no other reason my my eldest son I'm not kidding you for nine months the most he slept was an hour at a time mm-hmm. and our life was we were held hostage by this tiny terrorist and <laughs> when he was asleep would be when somebody would come banging on the door hey, we need to come in for whatever no mm-hmm. you don't I'm and I'm on the edge of losing my mind with if, sleep deprivation so maybe you don't want somebody in your house just for that reason that's cause then to find me
7: well and that's that's the issue that simply because you deny entry suggests all of a sudden that you are guilty mm-hmm. of hiding something and then that's Whoa. probable cause and and according to our staff that is one one reason that they can take to the judge and see if now will. what if
2: I let you in but I have one room that's padlocked and you're just, you can look all around, but not in my secret room. I
6: believe unless there's an extra circumstance, you can say you can look here, but not here until you get the warrant after the warrant. They're then they go can through. go anywhere. Well, as long as the warrant says you're, you can look through the entire building because, or it defines narrowly. This is what you're there to look for. And something that doesn't fit that criteria. It all depends when
2: on you guys start well,
9: plain sight, Dan. Plain sight.
6: Uh, precisely. When when
2: so now he's a very this... good
6: attorney, by the way.
2: Uh right now this is starting to feel pretty overreaching to me. All of a sudden you've got warrants. Yeah. Now I feel mm-hmm. like the FBI's in my house and they're like <laughs> they're gonna question whether or not my gun is like legally registered or not. This is getting out of control. I'm well, a it about... a lot. It seems
9: to me that it may be overreaching in that you know, this is supposed to be here to protect a tenant and to ensure that the tenant has um, habitable premises. Mm-hmm. And to then state when a tenant says, I don't want you to come into my property, well, that's probable cause for us to come in because there's clearly something you're hiding. Well, the tenant in this can't hide anything because they're not the ones who are liable for anything wrong.
2: They should sign at the tenant should just have an opportunity to sign an attestation at the door that says, right. Uh, right. "I certify that my premise is habitable and meets my health and safety requirements." And please leave.
9: Well, and I think not- that would be a reasonable alternative. However, mm-hmm. what if we're getting pressure from landlords, or a tenant feels a pressure from a landlord? And you talk about retaliatory eviction, and, and that's a, a great um, tool that tenants have. However, mm-hmm. we're not under a rent control community. Mm-hmm. And if, in fact, a tenant complains, the landlord has a right to raise their rent to whatever they want mm-hmm. sure. with 60 days notice. So mm-hmm. that, would, I think, would be something that tenants fear.
2: Uh, I wouldn't be afraid of that.
6: And sure. I think also, though... So there's the, the legal perspective, and I think there's reality that people are going to be displaced because of this. And I think, I mean, you're doing all this work, you're raising the rent to cover the work, it's just a, a supply and demand issue at that point, point. and it's we don't really have the data because it's new enough, and I've always come at it from the privacy perspective, let's say let's do it early. So I th- I mean, I, th- I think you have valid points, though, you... you are protected, but sometimes they price you out, and it's quite an uphill battle in order to be able to to prove a retaliatory eviction and kind of uh, make it work in your favor.
7: What also, too, our staff to protect themselves is um, encouraging or insisting, I'm not sure to what degree, depending on the situation, that the landlords have the tenant sign a piece of paper waiving their Fourth Amendment right so that the city is indemnified, which is interesting. So Wait. there
9: has to be an alternative. Yes. What do you suggest the alternative be?
7: Denial. Just denial to sign. That would sign. be a pretty easy alternative. Just Very easy. Just, check the box yes or no. I, I don't think anybody should be coerced into giving up their Fourth Amendment right. That's, to me, that's uh, just insane. So I, I would, uh, when they ask me, I just denial. Yep.
2: Wow. So
9: that is a, So that sounds like it's a... a Your only alternative that you have or um, the only amendment you'd like to make to this rental code enforcement is just that a tenant should be able to deny entry into their home. Well, should be able to
6: deny entry into the home, but then also we're expending a lot of resources for a program that, I mean, how many slumlords are there really in the grants? I heard 60% of people rent in San Luis. Why are we uh, spending so much? to kind of govern something that could not necessarily self-govern but with the protections. And more importantly, I think there definitely needs to be an outreach program to tenants to say you have these prerogatives, <coughs> excuse me, and the ability to protect yourself and what you're comfortable with, you're able to do this, and what you're able to do, contact this person or the slow legal aid or that sort of thing.
7: Empowering people, absolutely. And and treating
6: them like the adults that they are there with. they want to make decisions for themselves without being compelled to, to act or to speak or anything like that to kind of remain autonomous because to me that's kind of one of the core principles that I kind of mm-hmm. live my life by I want to be my own person and I'll ask for help if I need help and to have somebody say and here's how you ask for help if you choose to do that, I think it's it's important to kind of maintain yeah, imagine that.
2: Yeah, if, imagine if the city of Slow spent $2 million over the next five years just on a campaign and an awareness of letting every tenant know that, hey, uh, we run, I mean, I've I bought commercials on KSBY. Uh, it's an effective form of getting your message out. Um, hey, these are your resources. And if you're experiencing any of these situations, feel like your landlord's unfairly treating you. um, these are your potential remedies. But going back like what Sonny said and my sentiment as a tenant, for me, uh, I it, the housing situation here is so cutthroat that I felt like if I were to rock the boat, I would be, you know, I A, I if you're on a month-to-month, that's a real simple thing. Hey, hey, bud, December 1st, your rent's going up, and it's going up by X percentage, and you're basically, you're being... Um, Now you're paying that tax (laughs) that, that uh, if I have to deal with you, buddy, you're paying 20% more than I can get out of anyone else in the market. Um, and nobody wants to pay that tax. But I, I was going to suggest, and I don't know if you want to hang out on the phone or not, Sonny. Uh, I suppose, I mean, I don't have a problem with it in, until somebody else calls or whatever. But what I was going to say... you
9: su- don't have people waiting in line? Not
2: yet. <laughs> oh. um, maybe they just want to step into the, the bear's trap here. Um, <laughs> one of the one of the things I think that this does is um, the one of the primary unintended consequences is A you raise the rent to the tenants in San Luis Obispo because um, I was sharing with these guys during the break. See, I I do loans for people for a living and I have for 15 years. So I, I know a little bit about uh, kind of the average demographic that we see here in slow of these people that own rental houses. I can tell you they, A, they either inherited it, And it's like debt-free and it's their cash cow and everyone that's splitting the trust fund is loving the fact that Gramps left them this five-bedroom house next to Cal Poly. Or oftentimes it's somebody that puts a couple hundred thousand dollars down and buys a house that hopefully gets within five bucks of covering the mortgage payment with the rent, which by the way is like a thousand bucks a bedroom now. So it's, it's super delicate. And when you just add on one more expense, most of these landlords are going to say, well, Hey, you can't hack into my income. This thing was barely breaking even as it was. So I get that city council said you can't charge for this, but next time the leases come new, guess what? It's got to go up 50 bucks a month because I got to offset this new cost that I have. So you increase the cost to the end user. Secondly, if you get to, um, for all of these reasons, just gain entry to go inspect all these homes, one of the things I believe it cuts down right out of the gate is, um, densities where they go in and say, Hey, we like, we found a frat house hiding in a neighborhood where there was a back bedroom that had three sets of bunk beds in it. And all these kids were living there. Um, And so we got to displace all these kids. So you reduce the density now um, and go. People could make their argument about, oh, well, it shouldn't be that dense to begin with or whatever. Education is expensive enough. Sometimes people make these decisions by choice to be able to be here instead of somewhere else. And, you know, whatever point being. In the end, you're going to then reduce the densities of the existing housing, which is then going to cause a greater demand problem. Um, and if you haven't been paying attention to real estate lately, um, kind of anywhere in the nation, but especially right here in San Luis Obispo where this ordinance applies, there is a substantial Housing crisis, and it's especially bad. The vacancy rate here for rental housing is among the lowest in the nation. Um, It's already extremely cutthroat. If you add further demand to that issue um, at an increased cost, who are you? Who are you helping now in this? And it it just—that's my. Uh, my first and foremost issue, I said early on in this conversation, I take great issue with just the erosion of personal rights. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I, but I'll concede, I, I feel sensitive about that every day as an American. I see the erosion of my rights constantly. And even if they're not eroding, there's some party that's attempting to erode them. It's a new proposal, a new program, a new tax, a new inspection, a new we're listening on your cell phone. We've copied your texts. Facebook now advertises to me um, over weird things that I feel like they shouldn't even know about in my life. But it's because my stupid phone is now listening to my every conversation. Mm -hmm. Everywhere around me, little bits just get broken off of what I consider my personal rights. And I feel like there's nothing I can do about it. Right. I just, if I oh. want to be an American pretty soon here, I just got to submit to anything somebody wants to do for me in the name of progress.
6: Well, and, and, and a loss of privacy is a per se harm. It's, it's said all over Supreme Court cases. Uh, but at the same time, we also have the potential here to let the community speak as a whole as a people of San Luis Obispo by signing this petition or not signing this position petition yes we agree with this no we don't agree with this how i mean how much more democratic does it get in using your constitutional prerogatives to have a free democracy and exercise the bill of rights <coughs> excuse me exercise your prerogatives the bill of rights
9: i, th- I think <clears> one <throat> of the most important things and i think this is what we're finding through all of our elections going on now is that um, and and the past you know Few years with Congress is that there's no alternative. Mm-hmm. So when you when you say uh, we're asking you to sign this petition, let's not have, let's not have this code enforcement, uh, or let's overturn it. What what is the alternative? What is the alternative that you have in mind to ensure that renters are living in habitable conditions? Because um, though you state that there aren't a lot of, I find that there are a few, and I won't name them. Um, property rental companies where you have uh, a landlord that's MIA and the rental company does not do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, you know, I just bought a property and there was tenants living here and I moved in and the heater doesn't work. Mm. I asked them, why didn't you ever have the heater? Well, we were afraid the landlord might raise our rent. Mm-hmm. You know, the place hadn't been painted uh, or recarpeted in 15 years they lived here. I mean, it was it's disgusting. I, I bought it as a fixer. In fact, that's why Dan did my floor. So sure, how gross
6: it was. And I'm familiar um, with the property, and but at the same time, it's going to drive the supply and demand. Will have the same effect because everything will need to be fixed. It's just deferred maintenance or compelled maintenance. It's all going to end up raising the rent. So I don't. I mean, by having this program, it's not going to keep the rent artificially depressed. So I don't know if that argument is. Well, has no,
2: a, I mean, so next uh, next committee meeting when you guys get together to figure out the next one, get some rent control too. <laughs>
9: That would be great. Well, we need that area.
2: on the heels of this, on account well, of this is going to cause the rent to go up, so now you need to do something to hold the rent down. Well,
6: And then, uh, so the Civil Code, so the implied warranties of habitability, all that, all that is codified in the Civil Code, and all the prerogatives that are there, we withhold rent, pay the balance, uh, withhold rent till it's uh, um, repaired, uh, move out, and demand that it's been, you know, if it's down to a certain point. Those are all there, what is not... Clear is that if the city comes in and says this is good, do you lose those superior prerogatives? And with an outreach program, I believe that those would do a better job. And then that way, the the, the additional cost of inspection. And like I say, the code enforcement officers are at a very low bar when they think there's something actually wrong. And I know most of these people are building uh, backgrounds. I know I work with uh, city planning and uh, building department. They're very well skilled. They know their stuff. And they can usually look at a building and go, ah, I can articulate some facts that would point to this unit being a problem. And if they were to apply their current system, I think it worked well without having to penalize everybody else and without forcing people into waiving
2: their rights. How did this come about then? Who brought this initiative?
7: Well, uh, I can tell you it was a small group of neighbors, organized neighbors in the community Hmm. that said, I want
2: the students out of my neighborhood.
7: You said that. I did not. Um, That could have been the motivation, but um, I think that they had some influence on the majority of the city council. You know, politics plays into everything, and at that time it may have been popular. I think since then the community has shown overwhelmingly that this is not popular anymore, and that's why we're uh, moving forward with this initiative.
2: Oh man, I what think, a mess we have right I, now! Hang on, Mike. I know you've been over there just soaking it all in, and what you're about to say is going to change the game. I know it, but we need to do a commercial break because there are some sponsors that pay to make the show free to you. Um, if it, if they didn't, you would you guys would be paying right now to listen. So um, <laughs> let's take our time to thank these sponsors. Uh, and we'll be back in a couple of minutes. We'll hear from Mike and uh, more on this topic. Stick around for more Mortgage Matters.
0: To ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KBEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors.
2: This is Jason Grody with Central Coast Lending. Give yourself the best possible chance to buy your dream home with our 21 day close. We get you fully pre approved before you find your house so you can write a shorter, easier offer and beat out the competition. It's time for you to be the offer that gets accepted. Call Central Coast Lending today.
6: When you buy or refinance a home, just call.
1: central coast lending is an equal housing opportunity real estate broker california bureau of real estate number 01839608 nmls number 328358
0: welcome back you're listening to mortgage matters with hosts dan and jason from central coast lending if you want to join the conversation call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832 now here's dan and jason
2: welcome back um in the studio with me is michael points dan knight and dan carpenter we've been having a a fun and at times sarcastic discussion about the uh the rental inspection ordinance we're soliciting your phone calls now we're at a point in the show where we'd like to hear from you if you guys have a question or a comment um just want to chime in. Um, you can do so by getting live on the air with us. Uh, we promise to be nice. 543-8830. Three, eight, eight, three, okay, if you doing? don't believe that promise to be true oh, sorry, and sorry. want to ask your question off the air, can call the know? same number and just let Jim know that you have a question or a oh, comment okay, that you'd like on. shared uh, for purpose of the discussion. So 543-8830. Three, eight, eight, three,
1: okay,
2: Before the break... I, I stepped all over Mike you were you were there buddy you had relevant input and it was it was right, asked so. to I, be wasn't, held.
3: I wasn't watching the game clock I, <laughs> I appreciate you doing so, that um, I just as we get into the last segment of the show here I want to recap and really start setting the table for what you know Sonny asked what's the alternative I think these gentlemen are here today to tell us about a great alternative um, the initiative for Um, repealing the rental housing inspection ordinance. And, you know, the two things that I'm hearing, Dan and Dan, correct me if I'm wrong, but right out the gate, this is a discriminatory ordinance. You know, we're just going after one unit, two unit (coughs) residences. There's triplexes, there's fourplexes. One could argue that, you know, transient living quarters, such as bed and breakfasts, hotels, things of that nature, are all dwellings in this city. So that's the first thing, and I, th- I think that really we talked about. And the second thing is, you know, we're, we're the city is going to be able to inspect without cause. I mean, in some way, shape, or form, you could use the word that's invasive, and it that's, is invasive. that's another way, another main premise for this initiative to come out. So, um, you know, gentlemen, as we as we get into that, I, I think we have one more caller from. From San Luis Obispo, I'd like to get on just before you guys comment to that because I think I think it'd be a good. He might have something to add. Mm. Uh, Tom, welcome to the Mortgage Matters. This is Mike Points. You're here with us on the air. Yes,
10: uh, as I uh, said earlier, um, bottom line, what do you think? You're, uh, is the um, end result of all this? Do you think um, this will change? Uh, um, it'll go away. and They'll get rid of it.
7: Tom. The, I, this is what I believe will happen. Let me let me back up a little bit and give you um, the the particulars on the initiative. We we just put in an application for the initiative a couple weeks ago. We just got back on Friday um, the actual title and summary. And the title says an initiative to repeal Chapter fifteen point ten of the San Luis Obispo Municipal Code, which is the full repeal of the rental housing inspection, and to adopt a new chapter. Entitled "Non-Discrimination in Housing," so we're just getting to the point right now where we're ready to um, put the initiative, put the petition out for people um, to sign, and we're asking them to read it, to go to SlowVoice.org, and to actually get a petition. Email us at info@SlowVoice.org. At so we have we have six months, 180 days. So March 14th is the time when we have to have collected all the signatures and based on the current voter registration of about 26,000 people in the city of San Luis we need about 3900 good signatures 15 percent we would take those at any point in those six months that we have those qualified signatures it goes to the City Council and they have two choices the first is to adopt this petition and adopt the initiative and do exactly what we're asking them to do is to repeal the ordinance and implement the anti the non discrimination uh, clause. That's the first choice. The second choice is they can say, you know what, we don't agree with it. Let's put it out to the voters, and it would it would go to a special election, um, which has certain qualifications it needs. So they're either going to accept this sometime between now and March fourteenth assuming we get the signatures, or they will put it on a ballot so the citizens the, uh, of our community can vote on it. So that's kind of the time frame.
3: Dan, yeah. how does a special ballot work? Is that something that just comes up when the next, uh, when we change over the next city councilman or a no. supervisor, or does it?
7: it we, have a, we have a process for a special election. If because it would be a special election it requires 15% of the registered voters if we were to okay. simply go on a general okay. election like 2018 it would only be 10%. So
3: and that's how we derive those numbers of 3900. Right. Okay.
7: And we call for a special yeah. election so that it can be decided quickly.
10: Yeah, but why would they why would they uh, put it up for an election when when they've got control now and then why would they give up control? I
7: Yeah. You know, it's that, a process. Yeah, now. It's a process. They have to. The majority has to either say we accept this and we will change it, or we will put it out to the voters. It's it's up to the majority. Tom. It's direct I have, democracy. I have a
2: question. Yeah, I mean, it's. I have a question well, too, though, um, and this might not be popular. And I, I guess I'm a controversial person, so here really? we go. No. What <laughs> if a handful of people, concerned citizens, a mix maybe of tenants. And landowners um, came together and filed a lawsuit on the basis of discrimination and um, a seizure of personal rights and property and uh, went in to have the city defend this in the courtroom. Granted, and, and I know this is why it's controversial. We already said that the city is going to spend $400,000 on this this year. Um, and over the next four years, it doesn't break even. It's not budget neutral because of the additional expense before the revenue catches up, uh, which comes off to me as like a, a tax. So you, you basically need the tax to catch up to offset the expense here. Um, how much would the city be willing to um, throw at this to defend this position? Is it that popular that they would could or would justify the legal cost of defending it?
6: I don't know if the city has an open position on
2: what they would do. I haven't heard anything,
6: but. Isn't that kind of,
2: isn't that how we settle things today though? Don't I
6: just go sue you? But we have the opportunity here to let each individual citizen's voice be heard. So rather than slugging it out and legalese and, uh. This interpretation and the strict constructionist, or they were kind of a modernist. They didn't have this technology. You're such why, a
2: reasonable person. Why, why, Dan why don't we? Why don't we actually? It me.
6: Well, and 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 it goes back to my contention that I don't think any of the city council people started off going. I hate the citizens. I'm going to do this as an overreach. I don't want them. I don't like them. They elected me. I think they're all trying to do the right thing. But what happens, I agree, We that. have this check and balance system to where the citizens say, "You know what? Maybe it was a misinterpretation. Maybe it was yeah, yeah, yeah we were listening to a minority by mistake, the only people that spoke at city council. but we have this opportunity to go, you know, everybody could be right in this situation, and let's just let everybody talk, because maybe the positions change. Maybe there's a, a candidate right now that has kind of softened their position. I had a, a really insightful conversation with another sitting city councilman who said, you know, elect new officials or elect a new city council to repeal this. But it's not going to happen because people are suffering these harms if they let them in or they feel coerced to let them in. So there is some uh, immediacy to this to where that'd be a lot easier to stomach if they were to say, we're going to stay any inspection and then we're going to let the city council go through and make their changes. But I say we let it go to special ballot and let everybody be heard. You can cast your vote and make a difference. Cause such a small community, it directly affects your government. Wow.
10: Yeah, I, I had uh, one comment uh, sure. also to make. I, I've heard you know a lot of talk about well, I don't know how these you know some people inherit property, some people this, and you know when it goes up, and you've got you know slung words and you've got this problem and that problem. Well, um, from our perspective. We've been in San Luis um, since the mid-'60s and uh, worked our way through school, college, uh, had real estate, Mm -hmm. kept the real estate, grew the real estate, and uh, um, we've been the bad guys. Uh, Slowly but surely, we've gotten to the point now where we're uh, seniors, and um, you were the ones that are attacked Uh, and we've done everything right Uh, Mm -hmm. we've saved we've you know not taken vacations not you know we've sacrificed Mm -hmm. and we're the bad guys and we've just said you know i I can't do this anymore Mm -hmm. and with this uh, latest ordinance we said you know what we're just going to pull the pin We're not going to do um, uh, student housing anymore or rentals, whether they're students or non-students. We have both. And just uh, eliminate the rentals and uh, either retain the houses or apartments or just uh, put them on the market. And I think uh, you're seeing a lot of that. A lot of people in our position that went through... uh, all of years ago and worked and saved, and now they're saying, I can't do this anymore. And so they, the rentals are getting uh, uh, scarce, and the ones that are going to be left over are the huge property management um, uh, systems, and um, you know, you have them to deal with that. And I, I see a lot of these um, over in uh, South, what is it, south, uh, Southland? a lot of these people are converting the um, um, apartments now over to uh, condos and selling them they don't mm. want to deal with it sure. anymore sure heard that
6: a lot it's of times mean, from property owners that are just i'm in the part of my life where I want to be done with this and it's adding a new layer of complexity and i'm just out i've heard i've heard that too
3: Tom, I want to thank yeah. you for calling in. Um, we are going to take the last 10 minutes here and make sure the gentlemen get to uh, speak a bit more about slowvoice.org and um, close out the show. Thank you again for calling. Thank you for calling. Oh, man. Okay.
2: Sonny's still there. Sonny's a resilient um, holder. Are you walking around? I was just
9: listening. I was just (laughs) listening. I thought, I forgot I was even on the (laughs) line.
2: Awesome. Hey, uh, after this show.
9: I'm I'm going. I'm leaving.
2: So, obviously, we have another 10 minutes. Sounds like we're going to get a couple more phone calls here. Um, But keeping the kind of the intent of today's show want to a raise awareness and um Certainly. i said it i said it during tom's call you dan knight you are and you too dan carpenter but you are right. such a reasonable person well we don't want to make
6: this something that it's not we
2: don't want to make it a. it's not know,
6: just a this topic circus or anything. you
2: are you are um you're such a reasonable person well, i appreciate um,
6: you putting that facade up for me
2: yeah i <laughs> i uh i i I appreciate your your resolve here to do this in a way that is, I think, the right way, which is let's let the people have their voice. Mm-hmm. One of the great things about, I mean, we spoke earlier in the show. In fact, I think we've spoken throughout the show about personal freedoms and rights, mm-hmm. one yeah. of which is to give the public a voice through our democratic process and let our let everybody decide let them figure out this is this is how we want this handled exactly. um, i think that's a great way to do it uh, i you know i i don't know that sarcasm comes over the radio very well i am also a pretty sarcastic person i don't want to see people race off to go mm-hmm. try to sue their way into beating the city into a different position on this sure. um it would be great though the thing for me was from my vantage point when this ordinance was coming through and gaining momentum and then ultimately passed was um everybody i knew from tenants to you know and, and granted i My experience is a little bit skewed. I'm a lender, Mm -hmm. so I'm dealing with real estate agents and title and escrow and appraisers and construction. Everybody in my sphere seems to have a lot to do with housing. Um, Everybody really seemed to oppose it. Mm -hmm. I never felt like I ran across a single person at a dinner party, at a function, at a professional meeting. I never ran across anyone anywhere that said, this is a great idea and I can't wait to see it implemented. I know they were there. They introduced the bill, and then they sort of seemed to have slept in, you know, into the night somewhere. And now everybody just kind of kept running with it, like it was almost like, hey, well, you threw the dog a bone, and now the dog's chewing the bone. What do you expect? Um, how did we get so distracted where we ended up at this point that now we're spending this energy to try to get the public to come out and say that it's time to actually find out what the public wants?
3: Speaking of the public, Pete from San Luis Obispo, is on the air.
8: Hi. Thanks for uh, having this show. Uh, i got two things to say. I know dozens of people that can't wait to get their hands on that petition
5: mm-hmm.
8: and circulate it. Excellent. And um, in response to the last uh, befuddlement about how did this get passed, since everybody you know seemed to be against it, and that's because our council majority does not listen to the public.
5: Why? Don't care. We they elected these people. And they
8: just run with it. They don't give a damn. The gang of three is just gone wild. And, and
2: I think it also comes
6: down to a lot of who speaks up at these city oh, council sure. meetings. I mean,
2: dude, I was at, I was at work, mm-hmm. and I was taking care yeah. of my family and my company and my kids, and I, I'm busy. Mm-hmm. And I live wow. in Atascadero, so I don't really have a dog in your fight. <laughs> um, but... <All> right. <laughs>
3: I live in Slough. We're
2: all busy, busy. Life is busy. It's overwhelming. We put these elected officials into place that supposedly are representing the constituency and, and and putting our priorities and our desires first. And then when you find out about things like this where you go, I, can, I can't find the the uh, the I vote for this thing yet it passes and now we spend all of this time and energy we could have moved on to the next thing that would have made the city yet a better place and instead now valuable people like you Dan are (laughs) spending your volunteer hours now (laughs) on repealing something that feels like an attack on on your personal liberty and I that's a frustrating thing to me
8: Well, it's very very hey. frustrating instead of denying the public will they should be soliciting public opinion.
7: Well, you're uh, more you're more than, you're more than a casual observer. You are uh, very attentive to what's going on and I think you would agree that this majority has their mind made up before even public comment happens. Would you agree? Yeah.
8: Yeah, it's maddening. So a lot of people don't even go with yeah, four Yeah, sit there for hours well, that, listen yeah. to listen to a boring staff report. And then the council just run over the public.
6: Well, and then all the comment letters that are emailed in are public record for any of the advisory boards or commissions or city council. I think if they're submitted three o'clock before the day, the day before the meeting, you can go in and there's opposition a lot of times in writing. And uh, I agree with you. It's. Uh, it's
3: tough. Pete, hey Pete, uh, really, really glad you called in. I wish you would have called in a little bit earlier. I'm going to be the bad guy here and and Thanks. let the you go. Phone is busy.
8: Yeah, yeah, it's busy. Thanks a lot. I'll get off.
3: All right. Thanks, Thanks. Peter. I want Thank to give you, gentlemen, the last couple minutes here to, to exit the stage with Grace.
7: Let me... Um, I, I, I want to reach out to people and ask them, because they, they've been coming to us in droves about, how can I help? And and I really want to keep that that uh, momentum going. So please, to read the initiative, go to slowvoice.org, and at that point, if you see the petition, you see the, the initiative, and you want to be a part of the solution, send us an email at info at slowvoice.org, and we will be in touch with you. We have till March 14th to gather these signatures. And so...
2: I, I predict you have them within 30 days.
7: That's... Our goal would be to get them that quickly, Jason, and, and we're going to be working at it. So uh, um, please... I'll, uh,
2: Pete's got where, 36. Where, let's talk about this for a second. Where will the position petition be... Um, available for people to come sign? Because I, I can offer up a, a desk where you may have the the petition and we can <laughs> have people drop by to sign it there. Or are you just gonna do the old thing where you put them in front of Target?
6: Well, so we're hoping to have kind of lead circulators that are going to volunteer. We weren't sure of the timing because we had to wait for a neutral analysis by the city attorney. We've gotten that back so we can kind of set the timeline a little bit more and this is part of our, pardon me, our outreach. We need circulators, we need signers, we need um donations but i mean i always think of politics as being the 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 older generations game like i'm i'm part of the 20 and 30 something crowd and i'm here to tell you that you can have some some bearing on where you go so if you have more time than money and you want to get involved that's what we want is your effort be involved in your future circulate these petitions get them back do everything you can to be part of a democracy Mm -hmm. and get rid of this apathetic attitude
2: that we have
6: Here's yeah. your opportunity. This is what everybody's asking for. I wish they would listen to us.
2: Do it. Yeah, yeah. you got to start somewhere too. I mean, mm-hmm. it's really easy to 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 not be involved or to believe that you can't make a difference or can't make a change. Uh, imagine if the forefathers of our country were that, um, you know, just complicit and didn't care and sure. didn't believe that you could affect a change. So, I um, I encourage everybody if you
3: want to get involved, slowvoice.org, dot mm-hmm. org.
2: Um,
3: Michael. Uh, Also, I'd like to say by chance, today, Constitution Day, that's going to be hosted by Stu Jenkins, an attorney at law here in the city of San Luis Obispo, is taking place at Santa Rosa Park from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Constitution Day? That's Santa Rosa Park and Oak Street in San Luis Obispo. Um, They're going to talk about... um, Uh, Bill of Rights, Constitution, the 1st through 10th Amendment, 13th, 14th, 15th. Get educated today and why don't you do it on a nice sunny day where you can get some barbecue, eat some hamburgers, hot dogs, all types of fixings with the family.
6: I'm uh, going to be giving a small speech at
3: that, so if you
6: want to comment
3: if you want to talk to me directly,
6: you want to share your opinion, I'll be at the park and I'll listen to you and so will Dan.
2: I knew that September held National Talk like a Pirate Day. I had no idea there would be Constitution talk. Um, Thanks much for coming and you guys slowvoice.org um find us on the web this week at centralcoastlending.com if we can help you with a loan or call us at 543-LOAN 543-5626 thanks so much for being with us today guys thanks everybody for listening go to slowvoice.org